Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another special episode of My Feminine Heart. I am here to introduce our sister of the month, Chloe Webb. Chloe, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Kat. <laughs> I'm so excited that you are honoring us with being our sister of the month. You have such an important story to share. And I wanted to ask you, Chloe, where um, are you calling us from? Where are you in the world? Uh, well, right now I'm in uh, the Northern Virginia area in the DC suburbs, you know, lost in the millions of people up here. Getting ready to vote. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you grow up in DC? No, um, my family has most of its roots in the Virginia area, but I was actually raised in uh, West Virginia over on the other side over near the Ohio River, a little town of about 3,000 people. Now, what was it like for you growing up in that neck of the woods? Um, well, it was a rather conservative and very, um, very, uh, not, not much diversity at all uh, in that neck of the woods, um, but uh, kind of a blue collar, there was a aluminum plant and so uh, a lot of blue collar jobs or a lot of people that commuted to Charleston to the south or Parkersburg to the north. So kind of a, you know, a mix of the two. And what was your family like? Uh, well, um, we have, I have five siblings um, and, uh, you know, an older brother, an older sister and three younger sisters. Um, the youngest is quite a bit younger, um, but I love her dearly. Uh, I love all my siblings, but, um, She's been the closest all along. And when you were little, did you ever want to try on like your sister's clothes or, you know, having that many siblings in a household, um, it must have felt really crowded to you. You know, the first incidents I saw, no remember of something being a little bit different. Uh, at seven years old, my sister decided to paint my nails and I was enjoying it until my brother came by and, uh, and he went crazy. Um, and so I was, that was the first case of shaming I felt was my first really inkling of something going on. And then, but two years later, um, I'm wearing my, you know, her being, my oldest sister being five years older, you know, I'm nine, she's 14, she's completely outgrown her old clothes and they're sitting around waiting for my younger sisters. And um, uh, I managed to grab a pair of her bell bottom button fly blue jeans and I wore them to school several times over a few week period. And no one noticed that you were wearing your sister's clothes to school? Um, well, I don't know when they noticed, but eventually actually my best friend, uh, well, one of my best friends um, uh, called me out on it. Um, Aren't those girls jeans? <laughs> and no, I vehemently denied it and then never wore them again. <laughs> Um, they, they stayed at home. Uh, and uh, from that point on, yeah, I was uh, in the closet, basically, or until, uh, until after college. Um, so yeah, uh, but um, that didn't mean I didn't dress them when I got the chance. Uh, after my older brother and sister moved out, I finally had a room of my own and access to my older sister's everything she had in her room. So anything was fair game in high school. Um, and I of, all, of all the people I've interviewed that even talked about dressing when they were younger, 
no one has ever told me that they were gutsy enough to wear the clothes to school, like out of uh, public. Well, I, it was, I mean, I don't want to paint it too much as, you know, a, a feminine act. Um, it definitely took that to, to do it. But, uh, you know, frankly, I'd worn out all my jeans. <laughs> uh, <'cause>, well, <laughs> uh, my dad was a land surveyor on the side, and we did a lot of work. Um, I helped him out in the woods. So, um, yeah, and there were a couple of times when I went with something underneath and yet I'm right blazing a trail through the woods with a machete. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's slightly, it just, but that's just the family. Um, you know, dad was raised on a farm here in central Virginia and uh, mom uh, grew up in South Carolina, but eventually ended up on a farm down in Dinwiddie County, Virginia. So, so yeah, uh, kind of a, uh, you know, that kind of salt of the earth kind of a background is how I was raised. Yeah, very much like a big farm family, lots of siblings. Yeah. Did, yeah. Your, did your sisters ever notice that you were wearing their clothes or was it just that they were so accustomed to hand-me-downs and things being shared that they didn't know when something was missing? No, to my knowledge, nobody ever noticed. Um, there was, uh, uh, well, skipping ahead a little bit. I mean, in high school, it was always underneath. Um, I didn't dare wear anything out of the house um, unless it was just a family type thing. But I, you know, after the school thing, I wasn't about to wear it there. Um, but, um, uh, you know, I wore some mom stuff. And then, um, then I went off to college. And, you know, and I had struggled with why do I want to wear women's girls clothes? Um, you know, why am I doing this thing? And it just, I never really, really dug deep into myself to figure that out because um, it wasn't the normal thing to do. So I didn't. And um, so I, uh, I have my, actually my first and only purge that I specifically did uh, was going off to college. I got rid of everything and went off to college in three years of, you know, just focused on studies really. Um, for the most part, and partying my ass off. But anyways. <laughs> well, when you reflect back to when you were young, do you know now how it made you feel? Like, can you articulate into words what drew you to, to underdressing or how it made you feel? Uh, it, it just, it felt right when I put them on. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't say that it made me feel like a girl. It was just that, I enjoyed doing it. Um, and uh, I mean, you know, I started when I was really young doing it. And uh, so um, long before puberty hit and all that goes with that. So, um, so I, you know, it, for some reason, it just never really clicked, you know, and, and there was nothing that really brought it all together to me that there's something here that I need to deal with. Um, on a different plane other than if you do deal with this, you know, there's this movie called One Flew Over This Cuckoo's Nest that's going to be your future um, is, is how I felt about things. So it, it just, it wasn't, I just didn't even allow it to happen in my head because that's how the family dealt with things. Um, you know, you just, that must you have know. been really hard to deal with coming from a like Virginia, West Virginia farm family in a really conservative yeah. area. Yeah. Um, it uh, it it felt totally 
foreign to uh, to what everything else around me was. So, and I really didn't have any resources um, to draw from other than you know, tabloid newspapers like National Enquirer and things like that. I can't say that. Anyways, <laughs> um, you know, but uh, you know the headlines, and that's about it. And I, you know, only got to look at those when I started working in a grocery store in high school. Um, so, you know, I, uh, I kept myself busy, um, four newspaper routes and a, and a grocery store job. Uh, I did all the way up until I was, um, uh, 18 and went off to college, actually 17. Yeah. I started college when I was 17 years old. When um, you, when you went to college and you did this first or only really significant purge, um, when did you find yourself collecting women's clothing again? Um, well, it wasn't until uh, after I got married. Um, and uh, you know, when you know, going through college, uh, when I got done, you know, I started uh, dating. Uh, I only dated two girls when I was in college. Um, one was really short-lived. And then I, uh, my roommate brought his girlfriend over and she brought my future wife with her and um and uh we dated for uh, a year and a half before i proposed um and, and that was my senior year of school um we both gra graduated same time she 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 graduated high school the same year i graduated college yet we were only a year and a half apart in age um but um uh, even then, you know, I had this consciousness of, okay, you did this thing back before school. Is this something you need to talk about? And it's like, no, it's, I, I don't even need to talk to myself about it. So why involve her in something that's just not there anymore? It must have been just the, you know, the whimsies of, of a youth that just, you know. Well, it sounds to me like you were really good at compartmentalizing that part oh, of your yeah. life. Oh yes. Uh, well, you, you know, as the story unfolds, you'll see I get even better at it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you um, proposed um, very young. You're like a senior in college. Um, had you? Did you end up deciding to have this conversation with your fiance? No, I didn't. I did not. I, I, that's that's. I um, like I said. I I went through you know the mental part of it saying okay is this something that i need to deal with myself um no i haven't done this in three years it's got to be gone and so why drag up something from that far in the past that's just clearly gone i've matured now i'm you know i'm a responsible adult i've got a job uh working for uh, general electric and um and uh so why, you know, why, why would you do that to, to, um, to start a marriage off? Just, it just didn't make sense. I wanted to start marriage fresh and grow with her. And, um, so I never brought it up with her beforehand. How long uh, did that last for you? Uh, about a year. <laughs> um, we had an apartment for a year and then bought a house. Um, that first year was, for the most part was, you know, li living on lawn furniture and, and uh, milk crates and things like that because we didn't have any furniture but we slowly built it up and uh, so we're running really a whole lot of uh, excess money to go around for things like that while we're saving for a house too and um, and and so we um, I, but by the end of that first year a couple of things okay it came out to me and then we then we 
moved into the new house. Uh, and we were only in that house for a year before work moved me. But uh, while we were in that house, um, it was coming back and I uh, started talking to her about, you know, this desire of mine to wear girls, girls clothes. Um, and uh, so we, so we did that and, uh, or I did that, sorry. Um, but she did at one point at my request because, um, yeah, yeah, I was a little bit too chicken. I would not go out and buy my own. So I asked her, will you buy me some shoes? And we went through a whole thing of, we found these size charts that converted men's sizes to women's sizes. And I remember we got it wrong. <laughs> so bought a pair of size 11 shoes. I'm actually a nine and a half. Um, but um, anyways, uh, we, uh, uh, and she also bought me a Teddy. Um, well, that, that sounds really supportive and accepting. Um, she did it at my request. Uh, it didn't, you know, it didn't feel like an act of love or anything like that, but she did it. Um, so, you know, but she's been married a year and a half. Um, no kids yet. Um, we, we wouldn't have kids for another two and a half years. Um, but um, uh, so that, you know, you know, to this day, I wonder why did she stay with me then? <laughs> you know, uh, that had to have been odd, but there must have been something about me that she loved. So, and I, I think so. We, we stayed together for 31 years. So, uh, but what, yeah, um, what changed, you know, in the, in the 31 years that she knew about this? Well, um, so when, so we sold that house a year later to move, uh, further south in the West Virginia and the Beckley area. And, um, and, uh, she, pur she purged for me. <laughs> Anytime we moved, she purged whatever I had. Um, but she knew that I mean, from that point on, I bought anything I bought for myself. Um, but um, uh, we we moved into apartment. Um, but the, by the end of that, we did get pregnant, and we moved to a new apartment. And um, actually, then I started at least playing with the nail polish again. You know, my my favorite thing. <laughs> um, you tell. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> um, as a matter of fact, the apartment manager caught me with toenail polish on one time. Um, really? So this was, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot I had my toes polished, and he came down to check on something we had uh, complained about. Um, and he came in there, and I totally forgot. And he he just looked at me, and then he, he did this, and then this. And I was like, that's just, oh, my God. <laughs> So I ran off and put some socks on and finished business as if nothing had happened. Um, I know she was embarrassed about that too. So, um, uh, so but you know, for the next few years, uh, so we we moved out of that apartment, bought another house um, that we were in three years and had our second child. And uh, so my son was four and daughter was one, or sorry, he was five and she was one when we moved to Ohio for uh, another job relocation. Uh, up to another small community up south of Columbus, Ohio, and um, uh, and it was less work because uh, the work in West Virginia was eating up 18 hours of my day most days, um, so not a whole lot of chance to do what I wanted to do other than wear stuff underneath to work every every once in a while. Um, but when we so, moved up there, go ahead. So how how often were you dressing? You were only dressing underneath sometimes at work but not dressing yep. at home 
sometimes I would dress at home. Um, she wouldn't be around. Um, if dressing to work typically was um, just um, it just it was just undergarments. Never never a bra, but maybe a cami. Um, and uh, panties and pantyhose. Pantyhose ended up being the thing that kind of got me through the rest of the most of my marriage. Um, and uh, but um, it, why, it, it, it's not, why pantyhose? Why were they so magical? I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess because they were tactile the entire time I was wearing them. So it was it was a conscious feedback. Um, you know, underwear eventually just becomes underwear. <laughs> You, you just don't, you know, um, but pantyhose, if you move, they tend to stretch and pull. And that's the only thing I could think. Um, and they don't last long. I, no, they don't last long. And, and uh, they tend to self-purge. So that's how I got through uh, most of the marriage, uh, or most, of the, most of the next 25 years. But um, I you, had... Uh, were you still compartmentalizing this at the time? Or did you start to think maybe there's something more to this than feeling right and in, in pantyhose oh yeah there was more there was more that particularly um what happened was um uh and this was in ohio um i became aware of carolyn cossie uh who she was and, and i'd actually learned about her earlier but i didn't you know didn't have any you know back then i didn't have a blockbuster account <laughs> for those who remember that um you know, I just couldn't find, I just knew there was this James Bond girl. I didn't even know who it was. Um, I just knew there was one. And James Bond was my favorite character. Rest in peace, Sean Connery. Um, uh, but, um, uh, you know, so, you know, my favorite thing, uh, actor, and that film series, and my, you know, this thing that's going on with me. And one day she's, on Phil Donahue, and I'm working from home with my the kind of work I did. I worked out of the house and went out to cut customer sites, and um, and she's on. I, I I didn't see the whole interview, and I didn't see the second part of it. Um, so it was the first first interview, and I only saw half of it. And um, and I'm sitting there. I'm just totally mesmerized by what I'm seeing on the screen. This beautiful woman who who didn't used to be a woman. Um, you know, physically anyways um and that that's when everything just okay wow this is something that can happen i didn't know about renee richards or any of the you know any of the other matriarchs of, um, of our world that um you know that woke me up and started the wheels rolling of what can it take what's what's it going to take to become this person and what would it be like? And I, I had no real context. You know, back to the National Enquirer stuff. You know, okay, so and so had a facelift that cost two hundred fifty thousand dollars, things like that. And I came up with this god awful number of like a million dollars that it would cost to do. So um, you were you were trying to calculate on your own oh, what it would cost to do an entire affirmation surgery. Yes. Well, I didn't know what I didn't I didn't even know the research of that. I, I didn't even know about hormones. That's how little research I did. Um, but you thought it was going to cost you about a million dollars. I thought it was going to cost me a million dollars. I mean, this part of this was went into the things I used as my closet um, of reasons not to to explore this any further and why you just you can't. Um, and um, but I, uh, you know, I went through that and 
just eventually I got to the point where I just imagined what would it be like to live as a woman and what would it cost? Um, and not just in terms of dollars, you know, the family. I've got, I've got kids. I've got a wife. Uh, I'm very active in my church. Um, and uh, I wasn't a deacon yet, but eventually I became a deacon. Um, and, um, and all these reasons, you know, the costs and, okay, you're going to be ugly as all get out because I had no concept of what it really looked like other than I knew I had decent lips. Uh, <laughs> you do <have> beautiful <laughs> lips. <laughs> you are stunning. I've been noticing your hair and makeup and like you look just gorgeous and your, and your um, blazer is beautiful. Oh, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, well, I mean, I was already balding by that point. I didn't, I didn't realize I was going bald at 18 years old. So, you know, this is, this is more closer to 29. And, uh, you know, it's, it's starting to get pretty thin up there. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I wish this was my hair. Uh, unfortunately, it's Oregon enough that um, I'm not even sure transplants would give me something decent. So, well, but I'll find out. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, so I am, um, you know, but eventually, you know, what would it be to physically be the, the sex that matches, you know, I didn't have a concept of gender versus sex back then. So just to be a woman, um, and, uh, you know, and, and all that goes with that, including the sex. And, um, as soon as I imagined, uh, having intercourse as a woman, it's just like lightning. You know, you are transsexual. And that's when I really started the battle within myself of, okay, you know, what else is it going to cost you? Um, the family and your career. Okay, how much does an engineer make in a lifetime? I actually did some statistical looks up, look up, look up and it was maybe a million and a half, I think is what they estimated at the time. This is 94. Um, it's what the average person made. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna spend a million, but I gotta live the next 40 years on $400,000. Not gonna happen. Um, and uh, so, uh, uh, so, um, so I used all those things as my justification not to do it. Um, but that didn't stop me from expressing myself more openly and wearing clothes around the house um, and experimenting with makeup. Uh, for the first time, I actually tried on makeup too, and um, uh, and eventually, I you know I put on one of my wife's dresses and the pantyhose and everything. The only thing I couldn't do was shave off my mustache because she would have flipped. But if I did shave off the the goatee, I used to wear a mustache and goatee most of my life. Um, I can't picture and, it. Can't picture uh, it. Well, I've got pictures. I can I can get you a picture of the before and after. Oh, um, I would love that. We'll pop them up right now. <laughs> okay, and I don't mind sharing them. Um, so yeah, um, but uh, um, yeah, and you'll be surprised. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, so uh, yeah, it you know, I just all these things were were things that I was what I was doing was creating my own barriers that would become my closet, um, and so. I, I, but there were, you know, the one time when I dressed up fully in her clothes, and she she saw it, um, uh, and I saw how hurt she was, um, and that you know that's when all the the things that I would lose came together, and I just 
I unilaterally the next morning told her, I said, you'll never see this again. And um, she just nodded. She really didn't say much of anything because um, I don't know that she believed me. Um, so um, so I, I went closet and for the next 20 years, the only thing I wore was pantyhose underneath my clothes. Didn't even, wow, didn't so, even so this was about age 30. So you, yeah. you came out to her when you married a year in marriage, slowly a little yeah. after college, you went through your 20s. Yeah. Around 30, you started to envision yourself in the full body as a woman. And right. that's where you, this was going. Yes. And you just shut it back down for 20 years. Well, I, sh I shut down any notion of pursuing what I knew was my truth. I already knew my truth at that point. Um, and so, yes, very, very compartmentalized and very controlled. Uh, I really absorbed myself into to, uh, my faith. Um, I am I am Christian, and I still am to this day. Um, but uh, I, I threw myself into that and into work. And as time went on, um, you know, I focused on the kids and being a umpire for my son's baseball team and being a scout leader. And um, not that I wasn't scouts myself, but um, you know, just everything else but myself um, is what I did. And that's how I got through the next 20 years. Um, it sounds like you were, you were really good at compartmentalizing this. So what forced your hand um, in 20 years later? Uh, so um, yeah, in 2015, um, the, the, uh, my children had both graduated. And... Um, uh, my daughter um, was struggling a little bit with school and, and personal life. And I, I had already started to, okay, I'm going to spend a little bit of time dressing again in private. I've got plenty of private time. I got this, you know, by this time we had a pretty good sized home and I could use, you know, a room upstairs all to myself and not, not worry about um, things bothering my wife. I didn't tell her I was doing it, but I was. Um, and I was using some of her makeup and some of her clothes. I hadn't really bought anything of my own. Um, uh, and, uh, but, um, you know, so I was doing, and my daughter, you know, thinking she still had full reign of the house, was inviting her friends over. Uh, and they would just come on in the house because that we had an open house. That's the way we, we viewed it with our kids when they were at home. You know, your friends are always welcome here. This is a safe haven for them. And, um, and uh, but you know here I am dressed. <laughs> they don't know. I'm not ready for them to discover the hard way or my family uh, what my proclivity here is. And um, so they, uh, I started coming with all these crazy rules. On uh, um, you know you can do this at certain times, do that other times. My wife was she couldn't figure out what was going on with me, and it got rather combative. I you know I was, you know I was putting my iron fist down on this is the way it is, you know, and it was all to protect this thing that I had let out again called Chloe. I didn't, I didn't go by Chloe at that point. Um, but um, uh, so I, uh, um, about Christmas time, um, I could see that I was really hurting my family. And, um, and so I just had to sit down with God. And um, you know, for, for most of those years, it was the, the prayer of remove this, 
you know, those who recognize the scripture, remove this thorn from my side, whatever this is that you let me deal with, remove it. And finally, I just came to him and said, this is me. I can't change this. This is just who I am. And, um, and so what now? And I immediately got, I'd never got an answer before, but I immediately got the answer that you're going to be okay. Didn't know what I'd go through in the process, but um, he said, you're going to be okay. And, um, and, and so from there, you know, okay, well, what does that mean with my family? So well, I reckon I better tell my wife. That's the first thing. Uh, so about a month later, uh, I told her, um, I didn't seek counseling or anything like that. Um, it's kind of the web way, right? You do it all yourself. Um, and I did it in a really poor way. Um, so I started everything off with her in the wrong foot for my second coming out. And, um, what were you, what were you saying to her? What were you coming out as? Had you decided that you were going to change or you were going to dress more or you wanted to have, um, well, yeah, that's right. I had, uh, I had decided that, okay, maybe the answer is here to compromise. I'm going to be, you know, let's just do the dressing again. She had been okay with that before, kind of okay with it. Um, and, uh, so let's, let's find a compromise solution that helps me deal with what I'm dealing with and let's, uh, and doesn't make it so hard on her. So I, you know, I was, she just sat quietly. She really wasn't interacting with me. Um, so I was sitting there just making compromise, uh, after compromise. Okay, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it slowly. And at first, you know, I can do this. I think I'll be okay if I do it every two months. And, and then, and then that'll satisfy whatever this is. And um, she didn't leave me. Um, we are actually on the way to her, her, her mom and father-in-law's house when I did this. So she that's what you mean when you say you did this all the wrong way. Yeah, I did it all the wrong way. She, she had no way to retreat, uh, process it on her own. It's, it's a four-hour drive. She had no way to... Um, to deal with it without me sitting there right beside her. And uh, so, yeah, probably the crappiest way anybody could, could come out. That's, that's uh, you know, you, you can't corner people. You gotta give them the freedom to choose and to do and to act and to process what things their own way. Cause um, uh, it, it's, this is a huge news and you're, you're rocking the world. They don't know where things are gonna go. And everything they thought about the person they loved has just changed, um, even though she knew all along that I dressed. But um, you know that she thought, rightfully so. I I had buried it 20 years earlier, and she hadn't seen it uh, for 20 years. She, you know, the panty, like I said, the pantyhose perched and stuff. And um, so she and didn't so, know all that time you were wearing pantyhose under your clothing. Not that, not that she ever let on. Um, you did it well. I kept well. I kept it in my toolbox. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I had a I had a van full of tools. I worked on MRI and CT and X-ray. You know, some pretty masculine uh, culture in that organization, and uh, some pretty heavy lifting type jobs. Um, and um, and so uh, I had lots of tools uh, in the back of a a minivan and it was easy enough to just create a little compartment in there that she never went into. Um, so, you know, uh, Chloe, you, you talk about this as though you, you had done it all the wrong way. 
Um, but you know, when, when we hold stuff in for, you know, a long period of time and in your case in, in decades, sometimes it just comes exploding out. Yeah. Um, and you know, a lot of people now have the opportunity to hear people's um, suggestions online to watch shows like my feminine heart to get advice on how to, to read books on how to come out. Um, you know, and you are helping so many other people that might be listening to this saying, you know, maybe I don't come out in this way. Um, right. But please for, forgive yourself if you have not for carrying oh, that burden. Yeah, I have. Um, I, I'm at peace with what the, but that is part of the journey. And it, you know, if I don't tell these pieces of my story, uh, then, then, you know, I'm, I'm just hiding more stuff about myself. And, um, and it doesn't help, you know, somebody else who may be thinking about going the same, same route, somebody else who might be, you know, have been hiding for the last 20 years, um, in some one way or another. I mean, you know, most of my friends have a very similar story of, of hiding it for many, many years and how they dealt with it is as unique as each one of us are. We're, we're individual ladies. <laughs> so uh, we all have our own story and, um, but, you know, a lot of it does resonate. And um, that's what I've learned through some of the stuff I've been doing as I progress through um, the, the time of, of, uh, of cross-dressing. Um, you know, I, but I, I tried to do a few things to, to still, and I was still trying to steer back into the the path that I had been in. I actually went and got a master's degree uh, in the middle of dealing with transit or not transition at the time, just coming out and exploring who I am further. And, and you're, just, you're in your early fifties at this point. You're fifty. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Twenty fifteen. I turned fifty. Um, and so, yeah, midlife crisis. I don't know. I didn't have a forty year old. So maybe I don't know. Um, either way, um, I knew that I didn't have a whole lot of time left on this planet, um, and I was going to make the best of it I could, um, but I was also trying to bring my wife along, and, um, and so she, you know, she, when I, when I dressed, you know, at first, I didn't, even though I said I was going to do every two months, I probably dressed twice in the first year, and it got, it really got hard on me, um, and so I, you know, one day I came to her in the fall that year um, and just pressed her a little bit more on it and uh, said, you know, I need to, I need to do a little bit more and I want to get a wig because, you know, this bald head just don't cut it <laughs> when I'm dressed. So we bought a, uh, I bought a wig and it was so horrible um, that you know, she just looked at me and just, I could see it in her eyes. I get this is not right. So she actually helped me pick, uh, not this wig. It, um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a picture of the, the red wig that I wore initially. Oh my God, I am dying to see you in a red wig, please. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it, that one, that one amazed me when I put it on. Um, and, uh. Because I love and, your hair now. I feel like you are in the perfect, I don't know if you've been professionally styled, but you're in the no. perfect hair for your face shape. As far no, as I know. It's been trial and error. Um, you know, I went from red to darker red to, you know, it's almost platinum blonde and then you know, the dirty blonde with the dark roots. You know, I put this one on and I, I get tired of ruining long wigs because they just frazzle a whole lot faster. I was like, okay, I need something. And I'm getting a little bit ahead of the story that when I went to work uh, as myself, 
I needed a shorter wig. <laughs> I was always not going to deal with long hair all the time at work. Um, but, uh, and it's a heck of a lot more comfortable in the summertime too. Um, so how so, long, how long did this period last for you? Were you had uh, come out again to your wife, but you were still compromising back and forth as to how much you were going to dress and, and at what point does this tip over? So it went for about two years. Um, and it, it just got more and more frequent that I needed to do it. Um, you know, um, because now I'm feeling like myself and, you know, the, I, I completed the master's program and, um, and, uh, you know, by that time things were getting really strained with the marriage, um, because work had been the strain. I had been given a 18 month project that the, uh, CI, uh, CIO decided or CEO decided that, you know, we needed to do it really quick. And so we cut it into two six week projects. Um, you know, the strain of that. My daughter was still having some personal problems of her own. And, um, and, but I, I had found this website. I'd, I'd started following YouTube and, um, uh, and I found this person who's now, now a sister of mine in a, in a sorority I'm in. Um, her name's Heidi Fox. And I'd found her on YouTube. Just some of the things she was doing, you know, like she, had a tutorial on how to make your own uh, clip-on earrings um, and makeup and just the way she dressed and she just looks so pretty and I'm like okay that's somebody to follow so I started kind of following her and some breadcrumbs of things that she had been involved in and I eventually found this site called Crossdresser Heaven I was like okay I'm still trying to be just a crossdresser and so I went on this site and there's people here and they're talking live to each other and they're having a good time <laughs> and uh so i you know i uh, in, in, in a live chat so i watched that for a while and you know they kicked me out a few times for being kind of because i didn't understand the language i didn't understand the terms i didn't you know i hadn't really gotten that involved and and so you know they thought you know i was just some creep <laughs> And this is this is a monitored site so they don't let yes. people yes, run amok Right, it's a moderated site. It, it was uh, uh, it was originally the blog of a of a uh, woman who struggled with her own gender journey, um, and eventually uh, uh, had um, she fully transitioned uh, medically and socially. And um, and but it, you know a lot of a lot of stories that she had written and some of the thoughts she had had. But she after she transitioned. Um, she let the site sit for a while, but then eventually decided she wanted to do something to give back to the community, which that, that resonated with me right there. Uh, cause I've always been a, you know, that's the way I was raised. You get back. Um, you don't just take, um, and, um, and so she turned it into a website about the time that about 2015, about the time I was starting to explore. So, uh, two years later, I found the site and out within a few months, um, I, you know, I've just gotten so in love with the site and I'm now I'm helping people with cross-dressing parts of it and they, that they asked me to be a moderator <laughs> uh, or an amb ambassador as we call them. Uh, and so you uh, had gone from getting kicked out on the site yourself to now you're the person monitoring and doing the kicking out. One, one of a big team. We had a really good team, really good size team. And um, this, one of the things I loved about the site um, was it was, uh, 
it was there was transgender there was a there was a lady there who i'm still real good friends with um i can't call her my mentor uh who had fully transitioned in 2012 um and um uh she lives up in maine she just recently moved out to wyoming um and uh but she um uh she was helping me with with some of the ideas i was expressing but one of the things that happened uh when i got on a site and this is when things are really starting to hit me i needed i i wanted i've been wasting money on cosmetics i was picking out all the wrong stuff for me and uh so i decided i wanted to learn makeup and i you know told some of the people on the site and they said well there's this lady up in in the dc area you're only a couple hours away why don't you go see her uh, elizabeth taylor she was on your site just a couple weeks ago yep we're big and, fans of elizabeth on here yeah, yeah. and um and so i decided i was going to go i put on her menu of things she can do and one of them was makeup lessons so i decided i was going to get makeup lessons from beth taylor and uh we i went up to, to see her on a i was I think it was a Saturday. I can't remember. Anyway, she was in Alexandria at the time. And so here's this girl from Palmyra, Virginia, a town of none because it wasn't incorporated. Um, and that was the biggest town in the county um, <laughs> to uh, to Alexandria, Virginia. And um, and so I have to, you know, at that time you had to walk up to her door and hit the buzzer to be let in and I'm standing out here. I, I dressed. She said most people she was surprised. She said most people don't come dressed. <laughs> and I was fully dressed. Um and so I you know I went in and uh she we did the lesson. Uh, there's some funny stories with that that's beyond the scope here. Um but when we were done she actually took me down to a Kava restaurant. We walked through her apartment complex down the busy Alexandria street and to a Kava and uh one of her uh one of her uh, clients who also was a trans woman she invited her to come join us i even got clocked by uh oh, six year old seven year old how the kid was i was there for my voice because i hadn't done any voice feminization at that point and uh we um we had lunch i had lunch with the first person i actually knew was um transgender I, maybe i had been presence with others before but that was the first time i knew it Tracy Lynn, um, she and she's a dear friend of Beth too. So, hi Tracy. She's also a sister. Um, <laughs> That's, what a really amazing experience to go yeah. and have that for the first time, and then get to yeah. go to lunch and enjoy that time yeah. together. Yeah, and and Beth was trying to get me to join some of the uh, the local groups, and you know, I, at that point, I'm like, okay, well, and I'm not from DC, and I don't know, you know, is this just a sex crazed world? I don't know. I still haven't separated things out in my head. So, anyways. Uh, I decided not to go out because there was something going on that night. I can't remember what, uh, but I was just too, I was too scared. You know? um, but when I got back, one of the people from the site said, cross-dressers don't do that. <laughs> and, uh, and she I said, what do you mean? She goes, you know, I, I, the typical cross-dresser is not going to go get dressed, drive two hours, walk through Alexandria and get a makeover <laughs> or makeup lessons. You know, you're, you're there's something more to you and that's when i had to own up to them yeah i i am more than this um this is just a compromise and um and so the the folks on that site are very nurturing they create a um uh an environment that's safe 
for people to come and explore who they are. And we don't push people any one direction. As a matter of fact, if somebody comes in and does start pushing, we push back. Because, um, you know, it's, a, it, you know, a lot of those folks in there are eggs and they don't know. Uh, and a lot have no intention and are no need to. You know, it's the, the spectrum is just so wide and there's space for everybody. So that's what I liked about the site. It was so inclusive of trans and cross-dresser and, and uh, two-spirit and what, you know, everybody. So um, what are, so, you know, as we're talking so much about this website yeah. where it sounded like this really beautiful step for you to start making friends. Yeah. And, you know, you'd never had these resources before. And all of a sudden you have, you have people as resources, not just your tabloids. Um, so, you know, as we're talking about it and we're, we're hinting at that, you know, um, you are a monitor, that it's a monitored site. So for anybody who's never been to Crossdresser Heaven, like what are some of the rules that you're talking about where somebody would get kicked out? Uh, well, okay. Well, first and foremost, no sex, no politics, no religion. Um, you're just not going to, you're not going to walk in and start spouting those. And there was a couple of times where, um, folks would come in and, uh, you know, they they just um, they immediately just start talking about doing whatever they want sexually or, um, uh, politics, just, it's just politics. Um, but uh, also the religion, we, we occasionally would have people try to come in and just start browbeating us. And we had the ability to kick immediately, to mute them and kick them out. Um, and, so and I, I take it the site's big enough that it's attracting haters too. Like you're, oh, yeah. you're on the radar of people who want to yeah. come back. Yeah. So that's uh, why you have monitors to protect you. Yes. Uh, and uh, you know, I, there are other moderated sites out there. Um, uh, and there are a lot that aren't, there are a lot that don't have the rules that we have. Um, we work with each other as, uh, as ambassador moderators for the site to, um, to, you know, ensure we're holding each other accountable to how we uh, handle the site uh, and make sure that it, you know, we're focused more on the environment that we create than we are the rules because um, we want it to be a safe and nurturing environment um, that, um, that people can express themselves but also explore themselves and, um, you know, this, this side of themselves that's feminine. Um, and some, you know, they're, they're okay with just, you know, wearing whatever clothes, and they're they're perfectly fine. I know quite a few that have found a, a balance in their lives, um, there on the site and both in personal life. Um, you know, that's not me. Um, you know, I I knew I know I've, I've known I've been a woman for way too long, and um, and had this feminine side. Um, but you know, some people, um, you know, are they're perfectly fine just dressing once once in a blue moon and that, that gets them through. Others need to do it once a month or however often they do it. Um, uh, there are some that, you know, they express femininity and never dress. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it's just interesting to people you run into. Um, and we, you know, we don't, we don't allow members to bash each other. We don't allow them to push each other into something either. You know, uh, the one that said, you know, a cross-dresser that doesn't, doesn't do this, she got, she got kind of snapped at for telling me that, um, but she was right. Um, so, and we have, we do have private chat available for those who want to pay for it. You know, it's, it's open, it's free for anybody and everybody. Um, but we do have some paid features if you want um, to, to connect a little bit deeper with, with people. 
like um, kind of like my feminine heart yeah exactly exactly um it's um uh, so um it's great that you've, <laughs> you've had this, that you've had this resource for you yeah um, and you know, what do you do now? Well, I don't want to jump too far ahead because we haven't, we're at the point where you're still compromising and you've had this big experience. You went and you had a makeover, you had lunch with your first trans person in person. Yeah. How do you go home to that and still try to compromise your identity? Which I think it's Tina Madison White said, there's no compromising who you are as a person. There is, there is no compromising. You, you can you can try, um, you know, and like I said, some people do find the balance of who they are. Um, and that's, that's great. The, the two, you know, two spirit, bi-gender, whatever, um, non-binary. Um, I, uh, I, you know, I'm happy for them that they find that balance. Um, and, uh, but, um, you know, when I discovered and when was on the site at that point, uh, things were really starting to fall apart, uh, with my, um, with my ex now. Um, and uh and um so um so i i you know i at one at a certain point we got to the point where we knew that it was it was over and um and the folks on the site and the friends i had made through the site because you know, through them i i met some local connections and through beth in the dc community um i'd met some local connections so I'd started going to Richmond, uh, which was to the, about 50 miles to the southeast, um, and and uh, visiting a friend there, and then uh, met a girl from, that came down from Philadelphia on occasion um, there, and met some others in the Richmond area. But then I started connecting to the DC folks. Actually, the girl from Philadelphia um, uh, invited me up to Black Friday, <laughs> um, shopping at Tyson's Corner. Um, I had been I had been out to a concert before that, but other than that, it was just local stuff, um, a small restaurant or something like that. But so it um, it sounds like as your circle, your social circle was expanding, so was your your dressing and, and experience yeah. like that. Oh yeah, I had I had gone and gotten a done a photo shoot with Beth um, in October of that year, and that's um, about the time when. Uh, um, when things started to fall apart uh, with the marriage, and, and we we, had just, we both decided that it was over, we just needed to figure the way path forward. This concludes part one of our interview with our sister of the month, Chloe Webb. Join us next week as Chloe shares how she bulldozed her closet over in her journey as a trans woman.